It's been um, a long-standing practice, no pun intended, for years, centuries, that uh, when a congregation hears the words of Jesus, we stand in honor of the Lord. So please stand for reading of the gospel from Matthew chapter 11. And here's what Jesus says. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. And then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise, the wise and learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Father, we come to you today to hear from you. Regardless of the words that come out of my mouth, I pray that we would know you more and more today. As we hear from your word. As we study it and pay attention to it. Give us ears to hear, and then hearing, let us obey and follow after you all the days of our life. Amen. Matthew chapter 11 is where we are today. While it wasn't included in the reading, there's a phrase that comes just before it. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is the context through which we will look at our passage today because it is the context through which those who were listening heard in their time. And everyone who was standing there with Jesus knew this context. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And you could go back and look and there are three different groups, three different people to which this context applies. And everyone there would have known these three different groups. First, you have the gods, the idols that pervaded this land through so long, so much time that so many Israelites had followed. It says in uh, Isaiah, the passage that we just read, Isaiah 46, verse 7, they lift it, the idol, to their shoulder. They carry it, they set it in place, and it stands there. 
It cannot move from its place. If one cries to it, it does not answer or save them from their trouble. Again, in Habakkuk 2, what prophet is an idol when its maker has shaped it? A metal image, a teacher of lies. For its maker trusts in his own creation when he makes speechless idols. Woe to him who says to a wooden thing, Awake! To a silent stone, Arise! Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, and there is no breath in it at all. And perhaps the passage that they would have been most familiar with in this context, Psalm 115. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet, but they do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. The gods... They have ears, but they cannot hear. And those who make them become like them. And so we come to the second category that the people would have been familiar with, the context in which Jesus is talking to them. Those who follow the idols, those who make the gods that they worship, We see even from the beginning as the people of Israel are starting to enter the land, Moses stands up before them and talks to them. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. Isaiah chapter 9 becomes perhaps a little bit more clear. Keep on hearing but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their eyes heavy and blind their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and be healed. Well, wouldn't you want them to be healed? Well, let's look at a couple more passages. We're used to the son of man to which uh, Jesus will refer in Matthew chapter 11, referring to Daniel chapter 7 and the one who is on the throne. But its most common use is actually in Ezekiel, speaking about Ezekiel. And God continuously tells Ezekiel, listen to the words that I have to tell you, as opposed to this. Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house. You have eyes to see, but see not. Who have ears to hear, but hear not. For they are a rebellious house. But again, wouldn't you want them to turn and be healed? Of course. We come to Zechariah. Because the people have orphans among them. They have 
sojourners among them. They have foreigners among them. They have widows. They have those who are in need. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped up their ears that they might not hear. They made their hearts diamond hard like they should hear. The law and the words that the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirits through the former prophets. God heard the cry of Israel and rescued them. But now Israel is standing there and they hear the cries of the widows and the orphans and the foreigners and the sojourners. And what do they do? They do not listen. And so we come to the final category, the third category, the third person who does not hear. Isaiah 42. Hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see who is blind but my servant, or deaf is my messenger whom I send. Who is blind is my dedicated one, or blind is the servant of the Lord. You come to the third category. You see in Exodus chapter 22, it states that if you do not take care of the foreigners, sojourners, the orphans, the widows, that God himself will become angry. And it continues in Isaiah 42. Who gave up Jacob to the looter in Israel to the plunderers? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned, in whose ways they would not walk, in whose law they would not obey? God heard their cry and he rescued them. But when they would not hear the cry of those who were most in need, he also closed his ear. And the people listening to Jesus, they knew this. But it was 500 years, 600 years earlier. They knew all of this. They knew idolatry was bad. You read in second temple literature and they know that having the burden of an idol is worthless, but it still is a burden. They knew that not taking care of the widow and the orphan is why they went into exile 500, 600 years ago. But they had fixed that. They had learned from their mistakes. They had listened to their God. And so we come to our passage today. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We played a dirge for you, but you did not mourn. It's interesting. 
Because we've just gone over this very well-known passage that all of these people would have known throughout the whole uh, scripture as they knew it. And now, Jesus throws in this Greek fable, this Greek poem. And uh, it, it's very interesting because when you look and you ask, who are these children sitting in the marketplace? Who is it that's doing out the calling? Is it the generation? Is it those who do not hear? Is it those who hear? Are they calling out to Jesus? Is Jesus calling out to the generation? Well, there's a um, fable that comes out of Herodotus, uh, his histories, and it's about a king, a conquering king. And he's going and conquering the land. And he has this peace delegation come to him, Ionians. And they come to him and they hew for peace. They want to have peace. They want to come under his reign. And the king, in this case Cyrus, gives them this fable. Once he said, there was a flute player who saw fish in the sea and played upon his flute, thinking that they would come out to him onto the land. And he was disappointed. So he threw his net and cast it into the sea. And as he pulled it in, he caught a great multitude of fish. And as he pulled them onto the land, onto his boat, well now, now they started to dance, all of these fish. He said, why are you dancing now? What's the purpose? The reason, Herodotus states, why Cyrus told the story to the Ionians and the Aeolians was that the Ionians who were ready to obey him when the victory had already been won by Cyrus had before refused when he had sent the messengers to revolt against Croesus. Right? So now that they know who won, well now they'll go with him. And this is a Greek fable that seems to have gone through history a little bit. Uh, not exactly the same as what we find in Matthew, but similar. And we find in other passages in um, Strabo, right? You have a, a, um, the father of a bride who talks about the flute and dancing and dirge and mourning. And in all of the cases of this fable, who is it? that's calling out. It's the one who's in authority. It's the one who can tell these people, you should have listened in the first place. You should have heard my voice and obeyed me in the first place. So who are the children sitting in the marketplace calling out to their playmates? their companions. 
Perhaps if we read the passage, we'll find out. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Who is with Jesus? Well, in the passage, the people have just come from John the Baptist. The disciples of John, the disciples of Jesus are also there, along with the multitude who want to hear Jesus. And these little children are, in fact, the ones who have heard, the disciples. So they're calling out to those around them, perhaps. The authority has been given to these little ones, the disciples, those who are not wise, and yet have been given some authority. And we find here that, of course, some have not heard. Some have hardened their hearts. Some have closed their ears, closed their eyes. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they said, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. In fact, if you read uh, the parallel passage in the book of Luke, the next story, Jesus is invited to a Pharisee's house, and while he's there, a woman, a sinful woman, comes to him, weeping on his feet and pouring perfume on it. Right? This is the sinner, as well as the Pharisee. They're both there. But the interesting story is that actually most who heard John, what did they do? So many of them repented. Right? Many of them, in fact, some of Jesus' disciples were previously disciples of John. King Herod didn't want to kill John the Baptist because he was so well thought of. And only after he had made a promise that he then was sad that he had to keep did he kill John. Many had heard and they did not close their ears. And the final part is wisdom is proved right by her deeds. And again, who is it that Jesus is talking to? He's talking to his disciples. John the Baptist's disciples have come and they've asked him a question. Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? What does Jesus reply? Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The deeds that prove right. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. 
And many, many heard and believed. And many also shut their eyes, closed their ears, and refused to hear. So we will come to the second part of this passage. We've talked about the little children to whom the good news has been revealed. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, but my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, come to me. And this is also the context of Isaiah. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Right? And you have in Isaiah, you have this messenger who will come and the blind will receive sight, the lame will walk, all of these things will come to pass. But also, you have an alternative. Bell bows down, Nebo stoops low. Their idols are borne by beasts of burden. The images that are carried about are burdensome, a burden for the weary. They stoop and bow down together, unable to rescue the burden. They themselves go off into captivity. You have these idols that you make, and you become like them. Those who trust in them become like them. Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god and they bow down and worship it. They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place and there it stands from that spot. It cannot move. Even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer. It cannot save them from their troubles. You become like this idol. When someone cries out, you cannot help them. You spend a lot of money and what do you end up doing it with it? You have this heavy gold and you put it on your shoulder and you carry it around. And it's a burden all day long. It makes you bow down and stoop low, just like it. 
It's burdensome, a burden for the weary. And in the middle, listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnants of the people of Israel. Listen to me. Let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. You whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried since you were born, since you were a child and you cannot walk, you cannot move on your own, all you can do is cry out, even though there are no words. You can hardly even see. And God comes and carries you from the day you were born, even to your old age, because, well, you start out this way, you cannot walk, you can hardly see, you have trouble, and as you get older, it starts to come back, you have trouble walking, you have trouble seeing. And even then, God carries you. From the time of your birth to the time of your death. And compare that to the idols. What are you doing with an idol? You make it, you make it heavy, and then you put it on your shelf and you carry it around and it cannot hear the cries of those who are around you. And you cannot hear the cries of those around you. But God carries us instead. I have made you. I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. With whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. There are several things that I wanted to talk about today from, from the Word of God. First of all, this yoke. Scripturally speaking, we know of only one person who is without a yoke. Bli ol, Belial, Satan. He is the one who does not carry a yoke. He has tossed it aside. For the rest of us, which yoke will we carry? Because we will carry one. We will carry one. Are we going to put on the yoke of our idols, the things that we have made for ourselves? The things that we have taken our gold and used to make and purchase. The things that we have weighed out our silver and said, well, yeah, this is good. Is that the yoke that we want? The idols that we make for ourselves? 
And if we take that yoke upon us, we will become like it, unable to hear. This is my eye. Unable to hear. Unable to walk. Unable to touch. Unable to speak to those around us. But there is an alternative. And yes, that does mean putting on a yoke. It does mean having a master. Absolutely. And in Zechariah, we heard that the people did not want to listen to the law of the Lord because they knew what they would hear. And they didn't want any part of that. They didn't want to have to help the poor. They didn't want to help the orphan. They didn't want to have to help the sojourner or the foreigner. No, that's not for me. That's a burden on me. No, the burden isn't that. In fact, it will lighten your load if you help those who are orphans, those who are widows, those who are in need. God will carry you if the load does become too hard, which it, generally speaking, won't. Because God's yoke is light. But also, these children, the disciples of Jesus, the disciples of John, and in fact, while we often talk about how the Jewish people rejected Jesus. This was the church. You want to know who the church was? It was the Jewish people who had ears to listen and did listen. Because they did go into exile, and it may have been 500, 600 years earlier, but they did learn. So many of them turned to God, and yes,、yeah, some did not. But many did turn. To God, and they heard and they listened. And what are they doing? They're crying out. They haven't become like the idols they make. They don't say, "Oh no, that one, that one has a demon. That one, is,、eh, he's always with sinners." They're crying out and say, "Listen, hear. When you hear the flute play." Maybe now is a good time to go out and dance. When you hear the dirge, maybe now is a good time to go out and mourn. Listen to him who has ears. Let him hear. And the yoke that you put on is light. We'll take a moment to pray for those who are in need. For truly, this is what we're called to do. We do not want to be like the idols who cannot help, who cannot rescue, who cannot go out to serve a good master. So we will pray in the power of the Spirit and in union with Jesus the Messiah. And we will pray to the Father.
Thank you for listening. If you've been blessed by this teaching, let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page, on SoundCloud, or by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. You can offer practical support by giving a donation at ChristChurchJerusalem.org. Thank you, and blessings from the City of the King.